I always feel some of the wildest reviews on Steam and just comments in general always come from Serbia. So I think really? there's probably... Yeah. See, when it was part of the Soviet Union, that's where all the gamers got sent. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. So that's the gamer gulag was there. Damn. If only we had yeah. one now. I fuck, I know. I know. <laughs> I feel like something that's interesting to me is that we don't treat um like modern stereotypes like that are not really treated as like racist but like maybe in the future it'll be like a hurtful stereotype to say like oh oh you so you think all serbians have shitty posts <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean it's just like a so, weird a weird stereotype that develops what you're saying is that we're on the bleeding edge of racism <laughs> that's right <laughs> Anthropologists are going to be digging through our tweets and just be like, wow, <laughs> gamers hated Italians. <laughs> uh, That's true. Uh, one of the funniest things that Devin Faraci does now, um, he, he has stopped most of his cringe posting, but he gets uh, care mad about uh, Italian stereotypes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that is so cringe. Like... The whole thing about like making fun of Italians is like, especially as an American, is like they're just white people. He's making fun of white people. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there would be some problematic elements to this if it was the 18th century, and you were just like making fun of all the the poor people coming over on the boat. But now it's literally just there's no, there are no Italian people in the United States. There are just. <laughs> Big fat Americans who like pasta. Roasting Shitty Italian Americans, yeah. Roasting Italians is basically uh, the equivalent of Roman reparations. Ah, um, that's true. That's true. And like actual like Italians from Italy, they deserve to be ridiculed. So, <laughs> oh my God, I'll never forgive you, pe your people, for what you did to Gaul. <laughs> I'm always saying Unreasonably that. Unreasonably angry about like. The invasion of the British Islands by the, by the um, I think it's very reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's enough fucking evidence collected. Let me go and get my team. <laughs> we can start the podcast for real. Cool, cool, cool. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Video Games of the Worst Thing on Earth. I am your host, Alton. With me, as always, is Reese. Hello, Reese. <laughs> Hello, that's Dr. Reese. I'm oh, the doctor of cyberpunk. Yeah. He's the <laughs> I got a PhD in cyberpunk from uh, Oxford. Damn. And it, it's weird that they let you uh, make your own uh, major there, uh, but you pay, him, uh, you pay him enough. Exactly. They named a wing after you. Doctor, the Dr. Weiss ring. <laughs> wing of uh, video game studies. <laughs> And, with, and without further ado, our, our beloved co-host Kay of Kay and Skittles is with us. How are you doing, Kay? Uh, hold on, just I'm waiting for all my textures to load. Oh, damn. <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's, it's like, is your monitor all like blurry? Is it like a PS1 game where you try to read the text and it's like all fucking <laughs> just like a scribble? Yeah, it looks like a PS1 game, which is weird. I could have sworn this game came out just this month. Damn. Have, have you thought about investing three thousand dollars into your computer? <laughs> That's what you got to do. Ooh, okay, all right. Yeah. I will. I'm going to do that. You know, I'm going to start selling my possessions. <laughs> and a couple organs. Come on, you got two kidneys. Yeah. You don't need both of them. That's a good point. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alton's financial advice for upgrading your PC. 10,000 upvotes on r slash gaming. You could either have two kidneys or one kidney and ray tracing. Exactly. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> and this All is right. perfect, because Dr. Reese can do the procedure. He can exactly. take it out. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and uh, actually, that you're getting confused, Ray, that Dr. Reese can install ray tracing and augment your, your already <laughs> existing organs with ray tracing. Exactly. I, I replace your kidney with a uh, GTX uh, 490. I, mm -hmm. I don't know what I don't know it's what the R numbers they are. Get, they're doing like RTX now for ray tracing. An RTX 200,000. Yep. <laughs> in your kidney spot. Yeah, exactly. Oh, All right. So if, in case you haven't been able to guess, this is the fucking uh, Herculean task we've set ourselves to this week is talking about cyberpunk. And doing it. Every, I swear to God, every single day that went by without us talking about it, some new shit happened. It took us an hour just to put this episode together, let alone just talk to you about it. So we'll see if we can get everything we want to get done in a timely fashion. I admit by the 30th or 40th thing that came out about Cyberpunk, I honestly had doubts that we would be able to tackle it. I was just like, are we just going to skip this and just move on to... <laughs> Uh, it's too big. To whatever a rage case of 2021 is going to come out, uh, mm. but no, we're going to do it. Um, this has been a long time coming. We totally skipped over um, the entire fiasco with The Last of Us Part Two because honestly, I could not find the energy to give a shit. But this is very yeah, different cares? because, uh, first of all, me and Reese, one of our early episodes of Vigato Toe way the fuck back in july 12th 2018 was about fucking cyberpunk and so we have like a two-year history with this game and that hype has just built and built and built and to give like some context there's like a whole bunch of like controversial shit and dumb things that cd project red did before release that sort of built up a lot of uh whatever the opposite of goodwill is uh from me <laughs> uh, from me and reese and then like a lot of other leftists online and were sort of put it in like the chud camp so they were the pump was already primed for them to be like yeah this game's based sjw's hate it and the best thing has just been seeing that collapse that sandcastle <laughs> is just getting hit by a tidal wave of fucking shittiness um so reese give us give us the story so far of what happened to lead us up to this point well, I would say the, the two big bullet points of things that they did that uh, left a bad taste in my mouth is that they had that social media guy who was mm -hmm. making transphobic jokes on the official account for the game. And that really kind of like sparked the culture war. And they did eventually yeah. fire him, which is not like what I personally, I'm not out to have people lose their jobs in general, but it's like... That wasn't really the issue is that this guy is that this this whole culture war shit started. And I think it was further fueled by the kind of lurid transphobic ad that they were presenting. And uh, they were just like, no, but, you know, it's in, in game. It makes sense because everybody is uh, is exploited. And, and that turned out to just be, I mean, like, it's true in a sense, but just like the shallowest read possible. And mm. then on top of that, they featured a cis cosplayer from that transphobic ad. 
um, in their kind of like official run up to the game. So it created this kind of like meme culture war attitude hype behind the game where it's like everybody in the world who sees that like strong jawed man saying yes. And they're just like, oh, yeah, that guy was owned because mm. that meme said yes. Yes. Like they were ready. <laughs> they were ready for this game to just be amazing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it it really was amazing how it ended up because I thought it was just going to be annoying, but probably fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I even even though I don't like The Witcher Three, you know, it's well loved, and I think that there's interesting stuff about it. But it <laughs> he's shit the bed. Just yeah. from wall to wall. So I don't know. Uh, that's the story so far. Is just this. The, they really built it up as this culture war type of thing. And they really fed the gamers with the transphobia and the general just kind of like Elon Musk tier epicness. Yeah, that is the most fucking cringe shit. Um, I believe at some point from the main You Got to Toe account, we posted something about them like interacting with Elon Musk. And it yeah. was just like flesh rendingly cringe like the skull <laughs> the skin on your skull just wanted to like pull away <laughs> um and it's it it has been very vindicating that something that has annoyed us so greatly at this point has now just fallen flat on its face um and Kay, Kay would you like to say anything about it Sorry, I'm just sat here thinking about how, despite how thorough we're going to be, the second we stop recording, a new thing is going to happen. Yeah. There's going to be a new bombshell is going to drop. The game gives you fucking syphilis somehow. Yeah. There was like, <laughs> right up until the point we're recording, there's just been so many fucking things. And we'll get into them later. But first, I want to talk about what is probably the most fascinating thing that has happened with this release and how quickly there's been like a whiplash basically of reaction first against like people giving it low review scores and then like against people giving it high review scores so <laughs> this sh- shit kicked off like 13 or 12 days ago when GameSpot released their 7 out of 10 cyberpunk review and this was like two days before release i'm pretty sure so nobody but the reviewers had actually fucking played the game and Mm. uh, needless to say uh gamers being gamers and the worst they instantly reacted to hearing that this game that they had hyped up in their minds that they had built up to in fucking impossible levels in their head hearing somebody say that it wasn't actually all that great just drove them insane, just frothing at the mouth. To the point where the person who wrote this review, Callie Plagg, I think that's how you say her name, started like getting like death threats. And people were saying like, you should fire her, she's a bad reviewer. And it's so fucking funny, because ten days later, when everyone's had a chance to play it, and the fucking public opinion has just completely completely fucking swung the other direction looking back on like the initial reaction of gamers is the funniest fucking thing i have seen in ages i think it's worth pointing out that 
certainly this is not the fault of the reviewer at all, but GameSpot itself and the game media industry surrounding games was 100% part of the hype train. You know, there were a lot of real softball articles would just be like, Cyberpunk shaping up to be the greatest game ever. And it's just, you know, just for clicks, just for a part of the business, because that's... That's what people so wanted to read. Like, yeah, exactly. Gamers got themselves into a treat frenzy. And yeah. just like... I feel like the last time I got, like, hyped for a game, I was probably, like, fucking 14 or 13. It's been fucking years. Because I don't, like, I got burned so badly, like, in the Xbox era, that I never fucking did it again. And it's so bizarre to me that there are still people around, you know, not just children, who are doing this to themselves. Yeah, and I would just add that, um, uh, Callie's, um, review still gave it a 7. Yeah. Not a bad score, it just isn't a 10, which it needs to be a 10, or else their brains start leaking out of their fucking ears. Mm -hmm. What were you saying before, Reese? I'm sorry I interrupted. Oh, just that it, it's all part of the, the kind of gamer identity stuff that we, is a, is a famous topic around here, and mm -hmm. how it kind of just all feeds into each other. Um, and, and I just was trying to think, too, what, what was the last game that I was kind of hyped for? Like, maybe Fallout 4? Panty Puzzler 3. <laughs> well, that, that, that lived up to the hype. Um, <laughs> oh, talk about a release! Oof. <laughs> ten out of ten. Had to had to had to get my room professionally cleaned. <laughs> yeah, continue. Sorry. No, I mean, I think I think that's 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 pretty much the end of the thought. Is just it's very sad to to have it like because it's it's famous at this point. How how gullible you are if you give into the pre-order into the hype because they they use that to exploit the gamers you know even from the most if you care about consumerism which we don't here right. but um, you know if you want the best game possible being part of that hype train makes for worse games they lets them put out shitty games with day one patches that fix maybe half of it and that's what Cyberpunk was hoping to do here. And yeah. it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, there's too much shit to fix. Like, the, after all the fucking crunch, after all the fucking delays, after all the fucking people posting that stupid fucking quote, a bad game is bad for... What was it? Like, something like um, an unfinished game is bad forever or something like that in a late game? I don't even remember. Some fucking Miyamoto quote. I believe that uh, was Mario. Confucius. Mario has a big dick. Is that the <laughs> <laughs> yeah? That was Confucius. That was it. Oh, here it is. A delayed game is good. Is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever bad. Uh, and like I, for real, saw people posting that shit in reaction to like the delays. And I don't think any of us were fucking excited for this fucking bullshit regarding like the delays because you know that means like. Every single delay they make, it's like, that's 100% crunch time. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Every single time they have to push back the deadline, it means that those, work, those developers are like working 16-hour days to try and get this leaky ship patched up before launch. I mean, there just wasn't that much real information out about the game when they talked about the delays. So it was hard to look at it in a good light. Sometimes when games have like a lot of footage and kind of early access stuff you can look at and they say they're going to delay to tie things up, you're like, okay, that makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. But here they had like just a shitload of bad-looking Keanu Reeves commercials. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of good-looking like gameplay preview stuff, but it was like suspiciously good-looking. Vertical slice. And stuff. there was stuff in there that does not map to the game at all. I remember that first gameplay reveal where there was like wall running and all this kind of badass gunfight stuff. And that represents nothing compared to the gameplay you see now. So yeah, I should clarify that none of us have actually played the game because it's not fucking finished and they're not getting our money. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, hats off. One thing I will say, thank you, CD Projekt Red, for being so staunchly (laughs) anti-DRM. For reasons unrelated (laughs) to us not buying the game. So in 2026, I can get that Fit Girl repack and and live the good life, uh, playing it for two hours and going like, this sucks. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so let's... So now we've given, like, the overview, like, let's, I really want to get into this fucking GameSpot review, because looking at it now, the comments made on it are so fucking funny. Like, (laughs) if you sort by the highest rated, you will see a wall of cringe that you have, like, (laughs) can hardly comprehend. All right, let's get into this. So these are all from, like, 12 days ago. Oh, there's uh, 2,400 comments. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've compiled a few of the, the choice ones I saw while I was browsing through it. So this is a Govington. Worst reviewer in the business. Kirk replies, I know, right? I mean, you and I played it and loved it. And why would you give a game that we really want to be good a bad score? It's as if she played it and then didn't like it. What? Learn to reviews the game things, lady person. Sheesh. And then, like, Govington's like, no, I haven't played it, but I never claimed I had. I base my opinion of the reviewer on, on her previous reviews for both The Last of Us Part 2 and Days Gone. These are both games that I did play and completely disagree with the majority of the points she made in her reviews. It is not based on SJW political nonsense or because she is a woman, as you subtly suggested above. (laughs) But the fact that I vehemently disagree with her previously, based on the fact that her tastes are so obviously not up to line with mine, I do not give any weight to her opinion. Fuck. Wow, yeah. we've got a discerning customer. Very similar, in fact, to the way I view yours. In closing, go huff a pair of bicycle shorts. Love, Govington. So, that's <laughs> I don't know why he had to bring in the slander of bicycle shorts huffing into this. That yeah. seems totally necessary. He's a noble king. And that homonym. Yeah. Alright, <laughs> so this is another one of my favorite fucking reviews, or comments on this. From Billy Boner. Why in the hell did they let Kaylee review this? If Kaylee is offended, it must be great. Well, that's a Billy Boner's take on the situation. Thank you, Billy Boner. Yeah, thank Billy you, Boner. Billy Boner, for your your uh, commentary. Seba uh, says, Kaylee, are you offended? No. Go- <laughs> now go back to your Pokemon and Animal Crossing. You got... Oh. And then... Dr. Waldy replies, you guys are, is he related to you, Reese? Uh, yeah, all doctors are related. <laughs> oh, yeah. <That's> true. <laughs> we're, we're all cousins. 
Ew. When you become a doctor, you join the cousinhood. <laughs> Dr. Waldy says, you guys are pathetic. Go read the other 110 out of 10 reviews if you don't like critical opinions. And uh, Viper says, more like SJW pathetic opinions with plenty oh. of Kotaku fake wokeness. Oh. Oh. Fuck. So I'm Ugh. loving that there's already this push, again, for a game that no one has played at this yeah, point. Yeah, this is 12 um, days ago. This is like before yeah. the game had been released to the public. These are people yeah. responding to somebody who actually did fucking play the game, and then none of them have fucking played it, and these are their takes, alright? They're trying to make it into like a culture war thing, as if the left-wing position is to not like cyberpunk. Exactly. No, it fucking was. That's what they were fucking doing the whole time, this build-up of them, like, people, like, criticizing CDPR for doing shitty things, like the transphobia, the fucking tasteless jokes. They've been building this up as, like, a culture war, and this is, like, their, like, penultimate we're making this about politics and not about the game. Ironically. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was this whole discourse going building up too about like with the nature of cyberpunk, and that, that that's the, what we did the episode about mm -hmm. uh, way back in 2018. And I think a lot of people correctly sussed out that there wasn't actually a lot of depth to the cyberpunk they were presenting. And at this point, it's just kind of like a fairly like cut and dry like retro future aesthetic, which is fine. But they were amping it up so high that it just became the just being like, don't keep politics out of my video games, mm -hmm. you know, except for the transphobic part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to cap off just the, the review of comments on this article, here's another take from Siba. Offended? Hell yes! Your review just made me buy another copy! <laughs> <laughs> Which, the, the perfect comment, because it's just like the best way to own the libs is to make a purchasing decision, which yeah. is why yeah. it's just like such a great scam until, you know, they, they fuck it up. And I think a lot of people are mad. A lot of other companies are mad at CD Projekt Red because they kind of gave the game away a little bit and they saw how, you know, cynical a lot of kind of like, not, you know, game devs, it's hard to make a game. I'm not blaming them, but the management above you know, Certainly. does a lot of shitty things to pump up the sales. Mm -hmm. Right. And and they use gamers as kind of like the... They use them know, as a weapon. The, the footmen to, to kind of make uh, making a purchasing decision synonymous with, uh, you know, being who they are, yeah. which is, you know, a great scam. Well, they use it. They use them as a fucking weapon against journalists. To be honest with you, like if yeah. this is a big fucking game, it's been marketed to shit. There's a bunch of people already hyped for it, already invested for it. Those people will fucking harass journalists who are like, actually, this game is kind of shitty. Like sight unseen, they will fucking do yeah. that shit, especially if it's a woman. Like the publishers aren't going to do anything to stop that. They love that shit. Mm -hmm. And it's I don't know. It just as 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 much as I do laugh at these people and have a lot of disdain for them, it also makes me so sad because it's mm. like you are you're just being used as as a marketing tool basically by these companies and and being whipped up into a fucking rage over every little thing for a video game like that's that's dark, man. Yeah. So that was like <laughs> that was like twelve days ago, right? 
Uh, here's from r slash cyberpunk game seven days ago. Um, this is, I think this was like at the top of the page for a little while. Here's a, here's a post for, for y'all. Everyone talks shit about her, but I'm starting to agree with Kelly Plagg from uh, user Mario Vienna. GameSpot's review was super controversial, but now it makes sense. And in fact, I agree with Kelly Plagg. Night City is superficial. Everything is there, but you can't interact with. And yes, so much of it is superficial. Set dressing is 100% accurate. And as she said, what shines are the quests and the characters. Hate to say it, but Night City, which was supposed to be the best open world out there, is subpar at best. And it's just like, Ooh. this was the, like the top of the Reddit for a while. In a space of five days, like public opinion went from, I will kill you if you say this game is bad, to, <laughs> okay, yeah. Like, there are multiple threads. If you search her name on like the cyberpunk game, there's like at least four threads saying, we should apologize to Kelly Plagg. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it's just like... I, I love this. I, I absolutely love this because, and I want this to happen more. I want there to be just insanely overhyped games that get released and then immediately 180 on public opinion. I want it to heighten the contradictions and disillusion everyone who makes gaming their identity. Because it's like, as far as I can remember, this is the first time that this has happened like this. This is the first time yeah. that a game has reached that sort of culture war crescendo of being defended by chud gamers as being like, yeah, SJWs don't like it, and then immediately having that smashed to pieces by reality. That's such a good point, because that's what really makes this different from something like Fallout 76, which of course was a big budget, disappointing game. Um, there was none of that sort of like attempting to make it a culture war thing. Yeah. I, th I think you what you said about heightening the contradictions is a really good point because yeah i it's hard to imagine that at least a small number of these people won't have maybe looked at themselves in the mirror after finally playing this game and seeing that it's fucking broken dog shit yeah. and thought how many people did i like send a death threat <laughs> to for yeah, saying yeah. this like is this what I want to be doing with my life? Like, <laughs> at least one fucking person has to have exactly. had that moment, you know? And that's something. If you look into that Reddit thread, like the people who are still trashing Callie are people with like Haru is best girl. Is like the people on the, the culture war side of cyberpunk are like uh, persona perverts you know one guy named i'm very nasty like mm -hmm. <laughs> like those those are your comrades in arms if you're on that side of the culture war hentai addict 69 <laughs> i mean listen <laughs> hey listen high. i never that's my account i never said anything mean about kelly <laughs> <laughs> vicious like a vicious takedown of kelly plagg's review by lolly lover 420 <laughs> Ooh, ooh, okay. Next, 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 next slide. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, this is kind of a a fucking stupid comparison. Uh, I'll admit that up front. But it really, in a in a way, like this sort of violently wrenching from one direction to another of like the public discourse, kind of reminds me of what happened about like how like left leaning people felt about the Democratic Party 
after they completely fucked over Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. It, it's like these uh, events like these, it's just like such rapid changes, uh, like the heightening of contradiction, I feel like are, are sort of necessary to actually like, in the case of Bernie, radicalize people to be actually on the left. And in the case of this, maybe not be a dipshit chud defending corporations. You know, I'm hoping that's what this means. I mean, corporations keep demonstrating that they are just like cynical, profit-seeking bodies who don't give a mm. shit about even like the integrity of their product. So if you're wrapping up your identity in that product, you're going to get fucked over a lot. And like, you know, people can get really stuck in their ways if they're committed to a, a worldview. But, you know, eventually if you... If you show somebody that water is wet, they will eventually conclude, oh, water is wet, you know? Yeah. And I don't think that there's something to be said about, like, the effect of, like, when prophecy fails, when, like, a, you know, whatever, something you said would happen doesn't come true. I don't know if that applies in a case where you are literally having to play a video game. Like, I mean, maybe there are still people out there who are just like, yes, I love it when my my save file goes over eight megabytes and i lose all my progress that's good to that's me. my favorite i'm owning thing. the lips i'm owning the owned yet. please be owned you know i love the save file thing because it, it, it's a fuck up that requires you to invest a certain amount of time exactly. into it before oh. it affects you it's it's, it's not, perfect. It's beautiful. It's not even on this first part episode list, but like I just have to bring it up there in perfect context. Um, yeah. So you know, you brought up how this compares to like the release of Fallout seventy six, and how that mm. didn't really have like the same culture war associated with it. So when it came out and was shitty, it was just sort of like everyone was dunking on it. You know, yeah. Whereas everyone just this, got to make fun of Bethesda. Yeah. Whereas this has been like such much, so much more of a process than that ever was, where like people have gotten invested into it as like a culture war issue before it ever came out. The hype bubble had already been uh, popped with Fallout Four, I would say. Also, yeah. Um, even though that game like wasn't nightmarish, I would say the Fallout fandom kind of turned on it pretty hard. So they were like. Hoping 76 was good, but when it was bad, it was just something, another Bethesda game for us all to laugh at. Yeah, the expectations were tempered. Yeah, whereas this one was like, to me, The Witcher 3, the greatest video game of all time. <laughs> and there's nothing, like, nothing since, like, The Witcher 3 and, like, its expansions. Uh, I think maybe Gwent, I guess. There's been a couple of like licensed Witcher games. There was that like, I, I it was some kind of like like more standard RPG mm. um, that they came out. It was like Thronebreaker or something like that. I played Thronebreaker. I liked that. That was good. Was that made uh, but that by wasn't, CDPR? No, it was licensed. Ah, yeah. Okay. So basically, nothing since Witcher Three. So one of the most critically acclaimed and beloved games of all time straight to cyberpunk 2077 and one of the most disastrous releases of all time and i yeah. think that that i i hope that break that shakes another couple hundred thousand people out of the hype train forever like no more like fucking pre-orders no more buying into hype just look at the reviews the day it comes out uh, and get the ones that uh, that you fucking th thought you hated before who were critical of games 
you know? I mean, it's so easy as well to not buy into the hype. Like, you can look yeah. forward to it. That's one thing. You hope it's good. I hope most video games are good. All you have to do is just like wait a day after it comes out and see mm-hmm. what it's actually just like. Wait one week. One week. That's all it takes. But the so many people I know, like so many people, so many of our friends on like Steam, I look on my Steam list. There are two people playing Cyberpunk 2077 right now. Like, and on the day of release, just a wall of people playing it. Yeah, four four people on my list uh, playing it. Probably, <laughs> probably some overlap. Yeah, and it's like, I I, they can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> but that's the thing. That's my worry is that it will be like when prophecy fails because what do people have to put their faith into? I mean, you and I know that there are there are better things, but in kind mm. of like what you're raised. Like President G. <laughs> I, I mean, this is something that's like very safe to like, you know, a hundred years ago, you would be a uh, rabid Lutheran or something. But mm. uh, today you are uh, a cyberpunkian. And oh, my God, you are a gamer. This is Martin Luther posting his like 97 theses <laughs> of gaming. <laughs> Like, Martin like, Luther would, posting an apology podcast. letter on the church. Yeah. <laughs> the dear yeah. gamers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lutheranism was overrated. <laughs> um, should, but I, I think we should like do a, a seance to summon the spirit of Martin Luther King and make him apologize for creating Calvinism. Let's do it. That's uh, that'll be a that'll be a premium. Yeah, that's a premium episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, th- th- just to say that I would not be surprised if they can get this in a somewhat working state. You know, they give everybody a hat, you know, give everybody a cyber truck. Um, <laughs> I bet a lot of these people will just be like, well, you know, it's hard making a video game, you know, and they're on my side of the culture war. I'll just go back into it. So, yeah. But the, it is good. Uh, to me, I just feel the best thing that there is to feel in this world, which is confirmation bias. Um, yeah. It's exactly. terrible. And I, sa- and I thought it was going to be terrible. Um, and it feels great. It's just so good. Yeah. I have to say that that is definitely something uh, to consider is that uh, we were definitely hoping for this game to fail horribly. Um, <laughs> and so when it fell flat on its face, just uh, the sweet sensation of vindication. All right. What's next? I, I wish it was good. You know, like I kind of was like, I might like to play that. But as as we got closer to release, I was there was this looming certainty that this was not going to yeah. work out. I mean, uh, the, the signs were all there, like the constant fucking delays, the delays after the game went gold. That is not that is very abnormal. You don't delay yeah. a game that's gone gold, which basically means that they've already like started printing the disc. Yeah, one day there's going to be a documentary about the production process of this game because they were working on it for a long fucking time. Yeah, like eight years or something crazy like that. Yeah, you can make a game in eight years. So what the fuck did they do? Like how many times did they just like throw out what they had because someone in charge was like, nah, you got to have the titty physics are all wrong. They had to redesign all the submarines in the game to include screen doors. (laughs) (laughs) i I, I honestly i'm sympathetic that 
you know, hearing what it's like to make a video game, it sounds like it's the hardest thing to do. You know, most of the video games that we love and we say are well-made still seem to be tied together with duct tape and chicken wire. Right. But it's it's the hype that they fostered, you know, that specifically had this transphobic tinge. It specifically had this, you know, chud culture war aspect to it to drive sales. And then it seems like for all all of that, it's a game that at best, even when everything is fixed, everything I see from it seems like very disparate. There's no vision. There's nothing particularly like in new and nuanced and like maybe there shouldn't have been this shouldn't have been a based off the cyberpunk rpg because that seems like it was a very flat piece of inspiration and they had nothing to add to it and so it's like but it's their only game they had so much invested into it so it just had to come out eventually and they just yeah. didn't even know what to do and i'm not surprised that they just eventually just shit it out and they were like oh it's, it's this sucks We've just been sitting with it for so long, we can't even tell anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure yeah, they I, knew, like, although apparently, uh, we're going to get into this in our next set of topics, but, like, apparently they barely did any testing of the previous gen versions of the game, which just seems insane to me. Uh, they did not focus enough resources on the PS4 and Xbox One versions, which we will get into eventually. I, I've got to wonder if they even realize before it was too late that they were going to be releasing on those consoles because <laughs> yeah it sure seems like it just doesn't work on them like that doesn't bode well and i just wanted to like state explicitly i've got nothing but sympathy for the actual workers in this company it sounds like they went through hell to mm -hmm. produce something that could you know be damaging to their reputation like oh you were like involved in coding this game that uh doesn't work like that's not good for mm. anyone uh because you know somebody above their pay grade decided no this has to come out now even though it's simply not done you know and, yeah. and specifically the shitty way that the management structured their crunch where they said they only had to do like a couple hours overtime but there was the metacritic bonuses and there was like a big culture of if you go home early you're fucking over your friends and co-workers yeah. to go see your family to go spend christmas with them or whatever like and that I think is such a toxic environment because you, you have these official statements that they make where like, oh, we're not crunching. And so whenever you say in any way, shape or form that maybe it's not so great to be a dev for uh, CD Projekt Red, you have gamers freaking out just being like, no, they said in this statement that they don't crunch them. And I believe the company. Mm. Well, it's like they said yeah. that years ago that they were going to try and fix like, like the thing is, Witcher 3, for as acclaimed as it is, was developed using some pretty egregious, like, crunch policies. Like, yeah. my understanding is that they just, like, they, they just treated their workers like they were disposable. They would, like, completely burn out, like, their Q&A testers, fire them all, and just get new ones. Yeah, and, and their excuse was is just like, well, you know, we have a different work culture here than in... Uh, than in North America or whatever. Like, <laughs> no, like, you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The problem is, is that this is like a universal thing from the game dev industry. It's just like, it's fucked. I was listening to um, the like head writer uh, for Supergiant um, on a stream earlier today. Um, Greg something. Kasabin? Yeah, 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 exactly. 
Um, and he he seemed he seems lovely. He was talking about uh, somebody uh, had, had brought up crunch, and he was talking about how a big part of why Supergiant doesn't do that and like uh, enforces people using all their vacation t- uh, days and stuff like that uh, was because he 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 said. I want to work with these same people for a long time. We're growing together as, as a, as a studio. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, it speaks to such a fundamentally different attitude where it's like, no, I don't want to burn these fucking people out and have them, you know, dropping out and having to get new people in. Cause these, these, this is my team, you know, right. Uh, Compared to CD project red where it, yeah, it does seem like you're just treated like something to be fucking used up and thrown out. Like you just get like, I, I don't know. You just like they just like a meat grinder, like a, like a lot of AAA devs I've heard are like that, where they just expect you to work like so fucking much and crunch all the time and just like have no respect for your personal life, and then like yeah. as soon as you get tired of it, you know, they either like lay you off, which are constant in the video game industry, mm-hmm. or you just you just decide enough's enough and you quit and you go and do some other software job that that actually treats you like a like a regular exploited capitalist worker and not like a fucking sausage <laughs> yeah one thing i know for sure is even if i made half as much i would fucking much sooner work somewhere like supergiant than any of these aaa studios it's yeah. it's it, disgusting it really does like it really does just eat up and shit out like the best and brightest of the video game industry like yeah. I can't imagine like there are probably thousands and thousands of extremely talented developers who just decided to quit, you know, making games even though they were really good at it because it's uh it sounds like hell. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you can't blame them because it's like how, you know, being creative is like one thing, but actually like not dying of stress, that's uh that's a little bit more important. Exactly. And two th- those skills you can get better treatment and better pay once you have those skills in the software industry, usually, is my understanding anyways. Yeah. So what? why, why slave away at a, a game like uh, Cyberpunk when you can just work on boring, on mm-hmm. boring tax software on something and you get to see your kids once in a while? Why lock yourself in a dungeon for 16 hours a day to create the league of legends mmo (laughs) when you could spend time with your family and make more money even at the most cynical level even if you are a heartless piece of shit like many gamers are you should be able to see that crunch makes worse games like this is the the clearest evidence because when you're working having well i don't know reese i actually think i've got uh i've got a little someone who might disagree with you (laughs) (laughs) uh q george brassard the (laughs) co-founder of 3D Realms and the creator of Duke Nukem 3D. Oh uh, boy. And the person partially responsible for Duke Nukem Forever. Uh <laughs> here he is on Twitter, quote tweeting an article from Kotaku uh that says games made under crunch conditions don't deserve best direction awards. 
And he, he says, oh, fuck off. You have no idea what it takes to ship world-beating AAA games. And you take the word of disgruntled ex-employees versus the hundreds that are happy there. Also comparing a 20-man indie to a 300-person studio is stupid. Biggest award shows of the years. Millions watch and celebrate gaming. Otaku, hold my beer. I can have some well-timed opinions on the overall winner and the best game. We can milk for some clicks and outrage. And then he's just doing like, are you mad? Dang, apologies. I accidentally muted this thread like seven hours ago. I was enjoying the muting slash blocking all the toxic drive-by people with anime <laughs> avatars. Back on the job now, so I promise to get to you soon. Man. Just like, what a fucking moron. Well, in he's his defense... This is a yeah. behavior. <laughs> in his defense, Duke Nukem Forever scored better. And cyberpunk and <laughs> <laughs> uh, the very uh, clarify um is that that's the user reviews right is it i thought uh, i'm i'm looking for even with our organization nah that, even with the organization there was so fucking much i think you put it in the ps4 one um the meta the metacritic score uh, until recently was uh like the critic score was still 90. Oh. No, this is a score yeah. this is from I think this is the IGN review. Yeah, the IGN review uh <laughs> gave the it a most most like softball uh <laughs> softball like give you a good review website enthusiast bullshit <laughs> scored it lower than Duke Nukem forever. That is so fucking funny. My god. You scored less than the fucking game with, like, the parody Olsen twins. <laughs> Are we gonna come back to Metacritic scores later? Is that one of the same? We can talk about it now if you want. Yeah, let's, let's, let's start talking about some of the review, more of the review stuff. Let's go. I'm going yeah. on Metacritic now. Because... Um, the Metacritic score used to be 90. It's dropped down to 87 um, mm -hmm. after an announcement from CD Projekt read that uh, they would not be tying uh, everyone's bonuses to getting a 90 on Metacritic, which they were going to do before the release was a disaster. Yeah. And at the time they did that, they actually had a 90 on Metacritic. And I think that it's... First of all, this indicates the the kind of infamous uh, uh, thing that Bethesda did to Obsidian with New Vegas, where they tied their bonuses to Metacritic scores, uh, mm. maybe uh, quite a, a common practice. Uh, it's it's this isn't a very transparent industry, so it's hard to be sure how often this happens, but it clearly still happens. I've listened to on the Giant Bomb podcast Jeff Gersman talk about the the moral dilemma of having giant bomb on Metacritic because he says that it's a fairly regular practice, even if it hasn't, isn't really spoken of, it's like in your NDAs or whatever. And, and even if it's not explicitly spelled out in your contract, it's, there is the understanding in the industry that Metacritic drives sales. And if you get yeah. a shitty Metacritic uh, score, that's going to reflect poorly on the workers. I, I think that that is pretty solidly the industry standard, even if it's not always spelled out. Certainly. And it's not hard to see how that can lead to 
a pressure to give games a good score. Um, and I, I think that that is, is, is shown by the fact that this game that is broken had a fucking 90 up until recently yeah. and now has an 87. Uh, it seems pretty clear, um, and this goes for plenty of other games, that they're being given very generous scores because if you're doing a, a, a fucking review for, I don't know, IGN or GameSpot or something, you know that a bad review could be fucking over hundreds uh, or even thousands of staff. 100%. That, yeah, that's not an environment where you can actually have honest criticism or, or or transparency about what is wrong with a game. How are you going to throw a whole fucking studio's worth of workers under the bus uh, and, and potentially lose your job because your boss might be scared of getting like fucking blacklisted and not getting review copies anymore. You can't publish a fucking really bad review about this huge game, you know? So it, it gets a 90 despite not working. Yeah. It's insane. It's crazy. To complicate it further, is the, the standard with reviews is that you usually get a buggy version of it, even games that end up not having a lot of problems. And there's a document that says, we understand that there are texture issues on the buildings here, here, and here. And here's how we've dealt with them. And so it, it's... It's kind of practice to be like, well, if there's a lot of issues with the bugs, you know, I'll mention it. Uh, but it's very difficult for reviewers to kind of see how much the bugs are going to impact it in the end. Because there's always a day one patch that's 30 gigs and yeah. fixes all this stuff. Um, and so it's, and if you mentioned it in your review and, you know, you just, once again, you get all the gamers being like, oh, I didn't have any problems with that. Mm. I had a perfect gameplay experience, Callie. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and, the, 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 the comments saying like, oh, I've, I've fucking, this game is fucking amazing. No, I haven't played it yet. Why? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so it's, and my understanding is too, is like most Game writers hate reviews. They're like, what is a review anyways? This is the least interesting way to write about games, but it's what's most demanded. So why not just fucking give the game an eight? You know, mm, at least, even yeah. if it's a shitty game. Because, you, you know, you're, you're in it in the moment. You review a lot of games, so it's like you... It's kind of got this streamlined process where you're just like, well, you know, they, they threw in the graphics. It's got an eight. Who cares? Um, you know, it. you're not getting paid enough to, to get death threats. No, definitely not. Looking at the Metacritic, there are so many hundred percents <laughs> like listed as like in the critic reviews. And it's it's nuts. It's like there's a hundred from like, for example, from like GameOver.gr. It's not an easy task, but Cyberpunk 2077 managed to do justice to the hype level it created. And then immediately after that, they say, yes, we would like a more extended main campaign. And of course, we cannot ignore the large number of bugs. Then why did you give it a hundred? Yeah. Fuck me. Not even, uh, not even a point off for bugs. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not including the PS4 and Xbox One reviews, which were so shitty. They did absolutely just destroy the game. Yeah. Let's actually... You know, related to how, like, the games press has been, like, effectively, I don't, I don't know if manipulated is the right word, but they definitely were, like, prepped to give Cyberpunk 2077, like, the best 
like review possible. There's this article from uh, VentureBeat called CD Projekt Red Risk of Reputations of Others to Insulate Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, and I think it might be interesting to read because it seems like it talk I haven't read all of it, but it's uh, there's this part in it that says it feels like CD Projekt Red use reviewers to help fool consumers. Uh, this is from Jeff Grubb. So I'll go ahead and get us started with the reading. I'll skip over the first part because that just gives you the background we've already talked about. CD Projekt Red designed the Cyberpunk 2077 review process with the purpose of getting the best possible reviews while minimizing the media's opportunities to inform their audiences about the flaws. The media is complicit in this uh, and must take their sh its share of the blame, but CDPR also minimized the opportunity for reviewers to understand what they were agreeing to take part in. As someone who reviewed 20 Cyberpunk 2077, I should have been more skeptical. It's crucial to always examine how the marketing machine is trying to use the media. But throughout the process, CD Projekt Red represented Cyberpunk like any other normal review without ever disclosing that the experience we were getting on PC would feel materially different from the experiences on consoles. Let me recap the events of the review to illustrate what I mean. For Thanksgiving, CDPR Externals PR firm reached out to inform the media that it was getting code. Media could go to a website to request a code for PS4, Xbox, Stadia, or PC. It's a simple process that has worked well in the past, so going into the long holiday weekend, most people felt confident that they would be getting review code for their platform of choice. And I remember taking this as a good sign for the state of the game. CDPR seemed confident by offering up codes to so many people for all platforms. But a few days later, CD Projekt Red's internal PR began reaching out to a much smaller pool of the media. And this time, the deal is, you get a code if you plan to review on PC. This isn't abnormal. Cyberpunk 2077's review keys were in high demand, so it seemed like CDPR was trying to keep things quiet, so it wouldn't upset the hundreds of people who would still have to wait for a code. But taken with everything else, this also now feels like part of the manipulation, especially because my understanding is that very few codes ever went to people who requested them through the PR website. So essentially, you could request our review code for the PS4, but the ones that they actually actively sent out were all PC, being like hey. the most complete and functioning version of the game. So a lot of people, a lot of people who are meant to be reviewing it would have had no way of even knowing that on a, on consoles, it was just going to be broken. Yeah, exactly. And like with hindsight, another part later in the article, with hindsight, CDRPR's actions and the review process seem manipulative to me. Check uh, point one, the company never showed cyberpunk running on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One prior to release. Point two, it said explicitly that the game runs surprisingly well on those systems with a hyperlink to them saying that. <laughs> uh, through its external PR, it suggested that console codes were ready to go prior to release. Point four, it then quickly, uh, then quietly only let reviewers experience the game on PC. Point five, even on PC, however, it wouldn't let critics post footage of the bugs and crashes until two days after the game nailed its initial reviews. Point six, during this process, CDPR never communicated to the audience or with the media that the PS4, Xbox One versions could run significantly worse. 
First of all, I love the idea um, that they said it ran surprisingly well on consoles. Yeah. That implies that they're surprised <laughs> that you could even turn the game on. <laughs> that is so, like, in retrospect, that is so fucking funny. But I don't know if I want to read through all of it, but it is, it, it, it is insane to me. Because, like, later on, it goes down into, like, Patrick Klebeck's tweets about, like, uh, people are getting this response back from CDP, uh, CD Projekt Red after emailing their help address for refunds. It, it, te- it doesn't tell you to request a refund from Sony anymore. You're supposed to wait. And the reason for that is that fucking... Uh, let's get into this now. PS4 and Xbox One stopped fucking processing refunds. Yeah. Like, it stopped f- processing refunds and PlayStation has just straight up delisted the ge- the version of the game for PS4. Um Even I, Fallout 76 didn't get delisted, man. Yeah, I know, man. Ooh. The only game that got delisted was uh Arkham Origins with the with W Games delisting it itself. Being like, "Okay, we're sorry. We're we're going to fix the game." Yeah, cuz like um, the PC port was like unplayably bad. Yeah, and and I think something that we should point out here um, is I don't have any particular, like, uh, article to link to it, but I have read that CD Projekt Red, like, leaned on kind of like a kind of good faith practice in the industry with the, like, uh, Xbox One and PS4 versions of the game, where you say that, okay, to expedite things, can we produce, like, so many discs and then we'll fix the problems in the first version, um, and we'll give you a document saying here what we need to fix. CD Projekt Red fucking lied to Sony and Xbox, allegedly, that they'll fix these issues, that these are problems that wouldn't be there day one. And because they have this relationship with a lot of different companies where they say, okay, you know, Call of Duty day one, you know, you'll have, you'll have, you'll be able to shoot whatever. You just got to download the patch or worst case scenario, you'll, uh, you know, they can send in and swap out the discs for the right version or whatever, if you don't have internet connection. And CD Projekt Red was just like, yeah, we're going to use that good faith industry and we're just going to release shitty versions of the console games, which is amazing and kind of part of its pattern of behavior where it took all of its good faith uh, for uh, from the gamers and from the industry and just trying to use that to extract as much value out of possible for the fact that this game just was not up to snuff at all. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting a little bit close to time here for the, the part one of our, our cyberpunk mega episode. And I kind of wanted to close out with like this article written by Jason Schreier on Bloomberg spit spit. Um, <laughs> called Cyberpunk Game Maker Faces Hostile Staff After Failed Launch. <laughs> so, uh, Reese, would you, would you care to read this for us? Rebellion is in the air at Polish video game publisher CD Projekt SA after the company's highly anticipated and thrice-delayed latest title was released to scathing reviews about glitches. I, I hate talking about stuff like Rebellion and Riots at, like, fucking game companies, because I'm like, are we yeah. talking about Rebellion and Riot Games? <laughs> <laughs> Just why do they yeah. keep fucking calling their video game called the Violence Incorporated? <laughs> Here at Murder the President Games, <laughs> we are going to come out with an amazing movie. We're going to revitalize the genre. 
Uh. <laughs> Here at Joe Biden's home address game. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Frustrated and angry staff fired questions at the board during an internal video meeting Thursday that opened with management apologizing for Cyberpunk 2077's disastrous launch, according to two people who were present. It was a fitting atmosphere for a company whose slogan, plastered on posters all around its Warsaw office, is, We are rebels! Oh my god. (laughs) Developers asked blunt questions about the company's reputation, the game's unrealistic deadlines, and the relentless overtime in the months and years leading up to the game's December 10 release. The meeting took place before Sony's uh, shocking announcement that it was pulling Cyberpunk from the PlayStation Store and will offer full refunds to any customer who requests one, which Sony never does. They're famous for uh, being really tight about refunds. During the staff meeting, CD Projekt's directors said they had come to an arrangement with Sony, but didn't offer specifics. In a Twitter post on Friday, the company said that, following our discussion with PlayStation, a decision was made to temporarily suspend digital distribution of the game. Damn. A CD Projekt uh, spokeswoman said the company wouldn't comment. Uh, I'm skipping ahead a little. During Cyberpunk 2077's development, staff endured multiple periods of extensive overtime, including mandatory six-day weeks to finish the game, Bloomberg has reported. When asked about the crunch time in the Q&A, the director said they had plans to improve the production practices in the future, but didn't elaborate <laughs> before. <laughs> I, I love that. It's just like, we plan to improve things. How? No comment. just in the future sometime in 2077 we will improve our practices all right wow uh, man a little bit more to go uh one employee asked asked the board why it had said in january that the game was complete and playable when that wasn't true in which the board answered that it would take responsibility. Another developer asked whether CD Projekt Red's directors felt it was hypocritical to make a game about <laughs> corporate exploitation while expo- expecting their employees to work overtime. The response was vague and noncommittal. That, being in that meeting sounds <laughs> fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, many... Many industry observers have wondered why Cyberpunk 2077, which was first announced in 2012 and was delayed three times in 2020, still appears to be unfinished. Several current and former staff who worked on the game have said the same thing. The game's deadlines set by the board of directors were always unrealistic. It was clear to many of the developers that they needed more time. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. So on that bombshell, we will see you in part two the cyberpunk 2077 mega so later jummer <laughs> i got kicked out of the shadowrun game because i was too fucking lame they threw away my character sheet they threw me out in the goddamn street I never figured out how to cyberject. It told me that I was full of stress. 
I had to get on the telecom to get picked up by my mom. I got kicked out of Shadowrun. 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 <laughs>